glad you have your Bibles. I want us to return this morning to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. For those who were not with us last Sunday, uh, the Lord gave me this verse in a very unique way as I was, uh, Lord, just dealing with things in my own heart. And uh, it's about 4.30 in the morning, and I was uh, lying there in bed and just having some time with the Lord and sharing my heart and my burdens with him. And he brought this verse to my attention in a very unique way. It all began, though, several days prior to that, uh, when a brother in Christ asked a question that um, really just grabbed my heart. And here's the question that he asked. I shared this last week. The question he asked was this. Are we preparing for rain or are we preparing for death? Now, he's asked that question in reference to what Brother Donnie was just sharing with us, praying for revival and preparing for rain. Uh, we began in January. The Lord laid it upon my heart. This is to be the focus of our fellowship until. That is, until the expected event takes place or we begin to see this extraordinary work of the hands of God among us and through us uh, into our community. That became part of what God spoke to my heart about because of a reality that uh, we need to face and we need to be honest about, as I shared with you last week. Uh, there was a time in the first part of this decade uh, where uh, God's blessing was on us, and it still is, but his blessing was on us in an extraordinary way. We were growing. We were going forward. There was excitement. I'm not saying they went little things here and there that obviously we have to deal with as part of being in the body of Christ and moving forward in things. And all the way up through the middle of this decade, um, it was good. And we knew it was good. And we felt the goodness of the Lord with us. And then we began to face some challenges, diverse challenges. We look back now, and I can say, as your pastor, we handled some of them well. And some of them we didn't handle so well. But anytime challenges come, it rocks the ship. And our ship was rocked. And as a result, when that happens, then some people get discouraged. Some people feel defeated. Uh, some people decide they're just going to go a different direction. Uh, other people just uh, struggle with delusion, what's going on and why. And, and so as a result of that, the ship begins to rock. And the end result is, as we look at it today, is that in reality, and I shared this last week, uh, we're not as strong in the faith as we used to be as the body of Christ. One of the reasons for that is because some of those who were so strong in the faith and so faithful have been called on to be with the Lord, but also because of things that have happened. So we're not as strong in the faith, just being honest with you. We're not as settled as the body of Christ as we once were, and as a result of that, we're not as sure, we're not as confident as to the direction and, and what the future holds. Now, I say that, but I also want to remind you God still is good, and he's still doing good things. Just what I was sharing with you at the beginning of the service, uh, just seeing what other things taking place Wednesday night, all those precious children, all of you coming forward and, and helping with us as we seek to minister to this mother 
and this daughter basically, uh, you know, in a position in life where they owned a 94 Honda Accord and everything they owned in the back seat, and that was it. That, because of your love and your sacrifice and your working, uh, we have been able to minister the love of God to them and the grace of God. And there are other things that are going on. That's why one reason you might want to be here tonight, just hear what some of those things are and, and what is coming up. So I don't want you to say I'm up here saying gloom and doom. I'm not saying that at all. But we have to be honest. Do I have a witness on that? We want to be honest. And that, that question just gripped my heart. Praying for revival is praying for an extraordinary work of God's hands. And the scripture is described as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit just beginning to work in, in amazing ways in our own hearts to revive us, to uh, reignite that fire within us, to restore us, to, to, to once again just raise us up in joy of the Lord in our own lives, our marriages, our homes, and, and then of course redemption of souls. You see that preparing for rain. I mean, this is where rubber actually meets the road. Because the word prepare means to get ready. The word prepare means to do what needs to be done so that when the expected event begins to unfold, it begins to take place, we're ready for the fruit of it. And the rain is, in Scripture, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is illustrated by rain. And so there are things we need to be doing. And so as I thought about that question, I decided to put it in a statement. And the statement is up on the screen. We are not intentionally preparing for rain, then by default, we aren't preparing for rain. Because there is no plateau. I, I read, and, and I know that a lot would not agree with me, but I read a lot where they talk about churches plateauing. Churches are either preparing for rain, or by default, they're preparing for death. And it's not like an immediate death. It's kind of like a slow drip. And yet you turn around one day and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? How did we get here? We're like an ink pen that has no ink. We're like an oil lamp that has no oil. And it's like where we finally found ourselves where Paul was talking to Timothy about in his letter to Timothy. He says, you know, you have this form of godliness. That's good, but you're denying the power of so I was struggling with that that morning, about 4.30 in the morning. And as I shared with those who were here last week, all of a sudden a tune came up in my head of a song I had not heard in over 40 years. It had to be of the Holy Spirit. There was nothing else to stimulate that in my heart. So I began to, to dwell on that tune, then the words of that tune came to mind, and it's this verse, literally that song. It's this verse, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
So I knew right there, this is our focus. We need to back that up and be way ahead of me. Thank you. I knew what was happening. I said, Lord, where do we start? Where do we start? That's when he began to draw that verse to my, to my heart and say, really, it begins right here. Having the right attitude. Because attitude, our attitude, not our aptitude, but our attitude determines our altitude. Because attitude reveals where we are in our thinking. You know, we can say anything we want, but our attitude reveals the reality. Attitude reveals the condition of my heart. What's down in the well is going to come up in the bucket. So we've got to begin with the right attitude. And that's what this verse is all about. And I kind of touched on it in general last week. I want to go back to that verse this morning and, and what we're talking about, our attitude toward God, because that's where it starts. And I want to just dissect that verse, uh, just kind of phrase by phrase. So follow along with me, because when we look at what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 6 and, and verse 33, he begins by drawing our attention to passion, passion. Here's the word. It says, <coughs> excuse me, he begins by saying, but seek. And that word seek uh, carries with it an intentional passion for something. God is looking for passion in us. God is looking for hearts that are hungry, for, for souls that are thirsty for something. He's looking for passion within us. You know, through all, all the way through Scripture, you'll find that phrase. You find it in Jeremiah 29, 13, and you find it in Matthew chapter 12, uh, 22, verse 37, and it uses that phrase, with all your heart. So I'm asking you this morning. I had to ask myself this question. Listen, I, I'm not sharing anything with you that I'm not dealing with honestly and transparently in my own heart and life because it, it begins right here. It begins with me. As your pastor, where is my level of passion? What kind of passion is the Lord finding in my heart? Passionate for what? Passionate for whom? Am I preparing for rain? Or even personally, because of distractions or discouragement or whatever it may be, that I've fallen into a pattern of actually preparing for rain. Jesus says, I'm looking for rain. My Father is looking for rain. The Spirit of the Lord is looking for rain. Passion. Intentional passion in our lives. Something that is with all of our heart. And then he goes from passion. He says, now, the passion he's looking for, there is a priority. And here's the way he words this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He says, but see, first, circle that word, first, obviously priority, and let me just add this. That means there is the second place is not even close. This is a priority that is a, uh, uh, way beyond anything we can imagine. And it says, seek first the kingdom of God. That 
is, first of all, personally, what's your passion in life? I said, well, I can give. Praise God that I do. But that's not necessarily the way to measure your passion. In your life. And not only from a personal standpoint, but, but perpetually as well. Because he, he says here that, that we are to, to seek him and his kingdom. And that word seek literally means it's in the present tense. Uh, imperative means me daily, perpetually, every day. Unfortunately, as I shared last week, a lot of church-going people, I'm just being honest with you. I think you understand what I'm saying. We treat Lord the Lord like a, like a water fountain. All we need is a sip every once in a while. Are you with me? Say amen. You know what I'm talking about. Just a sip every once in a while. You're good to go on. That's not passion. That doesn't reflect a hunger in our hearts. That doesn't reflect a thirst in our souls. That just reflects a little, little dab of bitterness within our hearts. Just a little sip on Sunday morning, I'm good the rest of the week. What about tomorrow? Is there any passion to perpetually connect with God, your Lord, your Savior? Is there any any passion to commune with the Lord, to to get counsel from the Lord, to allow the Lord even to confront you? I have to ask those same questions of myself. Is that it? Is a little dab will do it, just a sip here and there to keep you going, quote-unquote, religiously or, quote-unquote, spiritually, and that's all you need? Then no wonder we're like the UPMs we don't have. No wonder we're like an oil lamp that has no light. We're only experiencing a shed. what this incredible relationship with the Lord God of heaven and earth is supposed to be like that we be experiencing. If a little, little dab will do you, if a little sip is all you need, then there is no passion. There is no priority. Now, I, I'm sharing this with this word in mind. In the seven letters that Jesus sent to the seven churches in Revelation, every letter had this phrase. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now, I say that knowing that I'm not one of Christ's lived with his head stuck in the sand. I recognize that probably not everybody here today 
as he is to you. Or he made up your mind. So the word I'm sharing today and the words I'm going to share from this point forward are for those who have ears to hear. And those that don't have ears to hear, I love you just the same. And I'm going to, as your pastor, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to say, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But the Lord is speaking to those who have ears to hear what the Spirit Is their passion? Is their passion? Is their priority? Because the most important thing you can do every day is to connect personally with the Lord God. Above everything else, to commune personally with the Lord your God. To seek counsel. That's where passion comes. That's when you know it's priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. Personally, perpetually. And then thirdly, to also seek not just personally and persistently or perpetually, Seek him pleasingly. Because here's what he says. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. His kingdom and his righteousness. Now, there's really a twofold application here. First of all, it's the basis of our salvation, his righteousness. In fact, truly to be born again, truly to come to know what Christ did for us on the cross, being that perfect eternal atonement for our sins, is to recognize that our only hope, our only hope is to seek his righteousness for ourselves so that we can have the gift of eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He, God the Father, made him, God the Son, to be sin for us, though he had no sin, that in him we are made righteous. That's the only hope we have. The only hope is that his righteousness is credited to our account. So that when you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's exactly what happened. You were, you were acknowledging, you were saying, I have no hope outside of you, Lord Jesus, and your righteousness. He said, don't worry about it. I've taken care of it. I've taken all of your sins. I've nailed it to the cross. I paid for it in full. And I look at your account, and there's only one thing written there, righteous in Christ. So that's true of you today. Uh, that should give you passion, I think. That should raise up a passion for the Lord in your heart, an attitude of 
passion and a priority to connect, to commune, and to seek counsel and allow him even to confront you every single day and confront me every single day because of his incredible work in this world. The other application is uh, live a life pleasing him. And that's a life of righteousness. Yes, I know. Scripture says we all sin, fall short of the glory of God. And we all can testify to the truth of that. Do I say amen on that? But he's looking for a want to. A want to in our heart. Live a life that's pleasing. What does it mean to be righteous? It means to do what is right before our Father and our Savior in heaven and is do what is right toward every fellow person that is in our lives. Actually, the passage of Donnie read describes it exactly the opposite. You need to read that. You need to meditate. I need to I need to what he's describing here, this is what it means to be righteous before the Lord your God and to do what is right toward everyone that is in your life. And that comes once. You see, where there's passion, where there's priority, there's purpose. All these things In the context of these words, Jesus has been talking about how we just worry about everything. You know, you're eating breakfast and you're worried about what you're going to have for lunch. Do I have a witness on that? It's called the Baptist way. It used to blow me away when I would take the seniors on trips. I, I've discovered that this next group of seniors don't do it the same way as the ones we used to have here. <laughs> But we'd go on trips, we'd be eating breakfast, and they would be bombarding me with questions. What are we going to have for lunch? I said, just finish your bacon and eggs, okay? Let's just move on. Constantly worrying. What am I going to wear? What, what, am I, what, what about this? What about that? And, we're, and he said, look, look, your father is going to take care of all of that. And there's passion. Real passion. Not a little dab of do you. Not a sip is all you need. When, when there's passion and there's priority in our lives daily, God says, I'm going to take care of everything. You don't know how good God has blessed you until you sit down with someone tries to fill out an application for a place to live and looks at you and say, you don't realize how bad you are until you have to fill out an application. But then spiritual. There's a spiritual application. Right attitude toward God. It starts. It's where we start. Where we started last Sunday. It's where we start today. For those who weren't here last Sunday, 
authority of his reign is coming. Revival is coming for those who have the right attitude. Passion and priority and all these things will be added. So right now, Examine your heart. Examine the truth. Play games. I see. Been there, done that. What kind of passion do you really have? Has it has the Lord even been a priority in your life? Or is Sunday, a little sip on Sunday, that's all you need? Will you bow your heads? Close your eyes. I don't want you thinking about anyone else. Not one other person, period. Do not think about anyone else. It's not about them. It's about me. It's about you. attitude toward God and the Almighty. Words are easy to say, but our attitudes reveal our state of mind and the real condition of our hearts. like me, when the Spirit is speaking to you, you've got ears to hear. And like me, you might need to come before the Lord and say, Father, forgive me. I've allowed a lot of things to distract me in my life. I've allowed discouragement Enter to my life. I've struggled with a sense of defeat in my life. And I want you to start today to rekindle, to revive a passion, a real passion for him personally. This us, this you and the Lord, that's it. Join in. Maintain, make it a commitment and maintain a passionate heart for God and for Him alone. So what about you? Come.